There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, guys. Welcome to the first ever episode of Girls Take on Law. Aren't you just so excited? I can't believe this has finally happened. This has been in the making for a really long time. Honestly, the longest time. So we thought our first episode would be all about rejection and resilience. Mainly because, you know, it's the beginning of the TC application cycle. And I think everyone at the moment is going through applications, interviews, getting ready for assessment centres. And I know a lot of people are having rejections and all these doubts. And we just think it would be a great time to just talk about it get it out the way so that everyone's in a fresh mindset for for the season definitely and I think it'd be really great to share our tips because obviously we've had rejections and setbacks and I think it's a really important topic to talk about yeah 100% so should we just jump right into it we've got um I think so we've got a message from a really lovely girl who actually said we could use this message let's read it out So she said, hey, I thought I'd come to you as I got rejected earlier interview stage and it's just hit so differently to any other rejection and I'm just absolutely crushed and can't stop crying. I've had all the usual thoughts of not being good enough. I just wondered if you had any good tips to piece myself back together. I know you've worked your way up through Shoesmiths. You may not have experienced as much rejection, but I'm sure you've had feelings similar. Now, first of all, that made me really sad when I first read that because I do think it's honestly one of the most heartbreaking feelings to be rejected. Do you not think? It's just awful. Absolutely. I completely agree. But I think there's there's so many good things that can come out of it as well. Oh, 100%. I feel like that's that's probably the main thing that we really want to talk about. I think, personally for me, I think rejections are incredible. They build who you are. They build your character, your resilience. When you then achieve the goal that you're after, it makes it that much more rewarding because you've gone through all the hard stages to then succeed in achieving that goal. Absolutely. And I think everyone knows that a career in law is not easy, like from the application stages to your actual TC to qualifying, like there's just hurdles along the way. So I think building that resilience from an early age is so important. Like for example, you didn't get your training contract at Shoesmith the first time around, did you? I think that's quite good to touch upon actually. So as as she said, like she thinks I might not have had that many rejections. And I do think 
um, just sort of, you know, sidetracking a little bit. I think both of us and I think everyone is guilty of, you know, we share our highs and I think we do try and share our lows um, and, the, you know, our setbacks and things like that, um, which I think is good. It's good to be real because I think, you know, everyone's constantly achieving. You can click on Instagram, you can click on LinkedIn and, and you know, any platform and you can automatically within seconds just feel like you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. And, you know, you should be doing more when in reality, we're all on different journeys. We've all had rejections. Like not everyone shares their lows. Some people only share the achievements and the highs. So, you know, you're on your own journey. And I think it's important to realize that. But I mean, yeah, actually back to your, you know, your question um, about the shoesmith rejection is, yes, like I didn't get it the first time round. Um, I think a few people know that, like I have openly shared that and I did get the shoesmiths, you know, TC on my second assessment centre. And to be honest, I'm so thankful for that. At the time, obviously I was upset. I was a bit like disheartened, like, oh, why didn't I get it? But to be honest, I don't think I was ready at the time. Like I don't, like, have you ever gone to a situation where you feel fully ready for it? And in hindsight, you're just, you weren't like, it was not the right time for you. Your skills were not up to scratch. Like, and it's hard because you, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to almost understand that. But absolutely. I mean, I would completely agree with you there. There's been times I know sort of like vacation schemes I was applying for in my first year of university. I sometimes sit back and just think about the the quality of my applications in first year I mean I didn't have any experience really for a start that was relevant and that would have sort of built me as a character and actually made my applications so much better but no I completely agree and also saying that thinking of myself in first year uni like we were such like babies I mean like we had barely any experience barely any time to do applications interviews like who I was back then and as as you said compared to who you are now totally different human being I don't think people understand that because obviously in the moment you think yes I'm ready I'm, I'm mature I'm old enough I've got the skills but you learn so much about yourself getting these rejections so I feel like especially with um the shoesmiths one when I didn't get it that first time round I then actually decided to so basically when you don't get it at shoesmiths I don't know what other firms are like I know some um some firms do this especially after assessment center stage they will give you feedback um so i took that on board and obviously it's not really something you want to do at the time um but i took it on board and then i actually didn't do any applications to um any vacation schemes any training contracts nothing for the next year instead i actually you know worked on myself worked on my skills did extracurricular things anything that sort of built me up um, and gave me more experiences so then when I came to applying the next year which in the end was actually two years later um, than the first time you know I felt so confident within myself and what I could bring to the table and all that rejection resilience actually I could use that in my interview I could talk about it and you know how it changed me and what it did for me and I mean, cliche, isn't it? But everything happens for a reason. If I got it that first time round, I would have started my TC in a pandemic. Like it would have started September 2020. And I mean, I know some people have done it and that's incredible. But for me personally, I really want, you know, the full experience and being in the office. And yeah, I just think, thank God, because now my TC is starting, you know, next September in 2022. Um, and hopefully, I mean, touch wood, we don't want to jinx anything, but hopefully things will be back to normal then. And 
yeah I just think it has all happened for a reason and the experience I'm, I've got from sort of getting that TC to when I start for example as a paralegal is just invaluable and I'm, I'm going to be starting that TC a much stronger candidate and person and bring so much more skills and talent to the table so yeah I think you've got to take every rejection with a you know a pinch of salt look at the positives and go from there. Absolutely and I think that's a really important point like what do you bring to the table what do I bring to the table I think but if I look back in first year and sort of like vacation scheme applications and things, I don't know what I brought to the table. Like I didn't have that confidence <laughs> in myself that I've, do you know what I mean? Like that I've built up yeah, over the years and the experience and working as a paralegal, my role now, I know how much effort I've put in. I know how much hard work I've put in to both myself and the work that I've done and the experience I've gained that actually I'm I'm such a different person from back then and so much of a better person to be walking into these firms. I think that's a really important point to make and to realise. And I, I would urge anyone who isn't feeling that confident to really sit down, look at your CV, look at the skills you've got and how can you actually sell yourself in those applications? Because the first time around, you might not be feeling that confident and you might not be selling yourself in the best way possible. And I think that's a really important piece of advice I was given that actually you want that firm to really want you and you want to give your absolute best version of yourself to that firm and you need to do that throughout your application and your interviews. And I think things like feedback and rejection actually make you sit back and think about those things more yeah I think it makes you realize how much you want it as well for like absolutely and I don't know if I obviously I wanted it but the first time around I was in second year of uni you know I'd obviously worked at the firm for like many years before and I I always knew it was a firm I could see myself being at and wanted to be at um but I think as well being in second year of uni you do question a lot like oh no like is this just a route for me like am I going down the right path and you almost do question it and I think even that slight bit of doubt or that slight you know questioning they will see that and I truly believe that like the recruiters on the day saw what I was bringing to the table and they can see through you if you really want it and how much you know you are confident that this path is for you because you know training contracts and being a solicitor is not easy it's not for everyone and you have to really demonstrate and show that like this path is for you and you have what it takes to you know go all the way so almost you have to as you say you've got to be confident in yourself and as much as that's hard to do you do have to take a look at yourself take those rejections realize how much you want it and then go after it again and I mean I always love a good quote, don't I? But I always say fast success builds your ego and slow success builds your character. And I will always I stand that. by that. It's good, isn't it? I, I love it. It is. I think that's a really great quote. <laughs> no, I really love that. I think it's so, so true. Um, and another point I just really wanted to make on that is actually looking at what firms you really want to work at. So for example, you, Gabrielle, like you knew you wanted to work at Shoesmiths. So you then put the time and dedication into that application. And I think having a sit, I often get DMs and I mean, I got one the other day and someone um, was saying that she'd just got rejected from a big firm, but she wasn't sure whether she actually really wanted to work at that firm. And she didn't think the application process was for her. And I was, I was just kind of just sharing with her that actually really think about what you want from your training contract and from your firm and think about 
do I want to be in that really big firm? Is that the right fit for me? Or do I want to be going for maybe a smaller firm or a regional firm where the application process is different and maybe more suited through that route? I think that is something people, I think that brings it back to the point um, all about Instagram and LinkedIn and you're constantly just looking at everyone else's successes. And I know, I mean, I have to be honest myself, like everyone loves to post when they've done well. I think it's really important to do the right thing for you as well like I really always try and share if I'm having a bad day or if I've made a different decision or if something hasn't quite worked out for me I really do now even more so and I'm so conscious of it to try and share those lows as well and not just the highs to try and encourage other people that it's not just successes all the time yeah a hundred percent and I think touching on a few of those points for example that girl that dm'd you it's okay to do an application to go through a process and then realize it's not for you. Like I think people think they have to, once they start something, you know, they're sort of stuck in that and they've just got to go for it because it's what looks good. It's, it's the big firm. It's, you know, what everyone's kind of going after. And it's okay if that's not for you, like you don't have to follow suit. You're, as we say, you're on your own journey. You can pick whatever law firm works for you, whatever TC works for you like we always say yes the firm are looking to see if you're the right fit for them but you have to check if they're the right fit for you and when you get rejections sometimes what that means is there are better opportunities out there for you that are more suited for you that you're not necessarily aware of yet but one day you will get that job or you'll get that role or that tc whatever it may be and you'll be so thankful that things didn't happen the way that you thought they should have done and you know things always fall into place the way they should and it's hard at the time, I think. So for example, just to kind of loop completely back to the, the DM um, and ask him for, you know, our tips and things on how to cope with it. It's, I think it's hard in the moment to see the reason why, you know, the cliche saying everything happens for a reason. It's hard at the time to see that, but eventually over time, you will see, and that's, that's okay. Trust, trust the process. You just got to trust it, go with it and see what happens so kind of following on from that topic really I mean I guess with rejections a lot of the time you can get feedback sometimes you don't so with the TC process there's certain stages where you will not get feedback because it's just physically impossible for the recruiters to give that much you know feedback to that amount of people so what do you think did you get feedback Laura throughout any of your applications would you say it's worth listening to feedback like what do you think about that I absolutely would 100% say it's worth listening to feedback but also asking for feedback I think there's absolutely no harm in going back to the firm that you got rejected from and asking if they can give you some feedback okay yes they might not give you feedback but the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no and there will be recruiters out there who are happy to give you feedback might you might be able to set up a coffee um, like well right now a virtual coffee call or they might be able to email you and you can actually just talk through maybe why you weren't quite the right fit this time or what was missing from your application that you can actually really grow from i think as you say the worst that's going to happen is you either won't get a reply or you'll just get a no like sorry we don't have the time and i think it can be at the time really really disheartening like you've just got your rejection you know you're upset you're crying it was your dream firm like it happens and at that point the last thing you want to be doing is you know hearing the reasons why you didn't get it it's not it's just not a fun thing to do let's be honest but it is so so important to do and I honestly would just say to people just try and hear it like you've just you've got to almost 
again, be self-aware and listen to the things you're not good at because interviewers will pick up on things that you've not necessarily noticed or that your friends might not notice when they are doing practice interviews with you. So just to hear that constructive criticism is so important. And I always say that could, that feedback could literally be the reason that gets you your next job. When you go to that next interview, that could be the turning point. That one little piece of information could be what makes or breaks, you know, you get in that job in that role. So listen to the feedback. It can be so hard, but I just think it's something you have to do. And I think it's also something you've got to get used to because as a paralegal and then as a trainee solicitor and even as a solicitor and above like throughout your whole career you will have you know one-to-ones you'll have review meetings and you will have to take on feedback and you'll have to listen to what your managers and what your team is saying to make sure you're working to your best ability there's things that you might need to be changing and it's best to learn early on how to cope with that yeah definitely I mean I know when I started my first paralegal job in my second year of university I took feedback really, really personally. Like I'll, I'll happily admit that I, it used to really upset me if I got some sort of like personal feedback. I think pers- I think just because I really wanted to do well, I really wanted to succeed in my first kind of like legal job. Um, but I really have learned to take it better. And I think you've just got to take a step back and just really think about what they're saying and think how you can turn that negative into a positive. People, when they're giving you feedback, they want they want you to succeed I mean you're part of their team they want to um especially if you're in a role they want you to really succeed in your job and how you're doing um so I think yeah just really my piece of advice would be just take a step back almost sleep on it see how you feel the next day and just turn that negative into a positive and just show that line manager or your boss or if it's an application process um, come back stronger take their advice on board there's always ways that you can prove yeah definitely I think all of us are probably guilty for it we like to think you know we've got things down we know what we're doing like but at the end of the day we're not perfect we're humans and there's always room to improve there's never something that you can't get better at so yeah no I completely agree I think it is hard at first um it's almost like a defensive mechanism isn't it really I think people kind of they're telling you you're not good at something and it's kind of that that defense you want to be like yes I am like I am good and it's like that that proving yourself definitely I think people do just sometimes feel like it's a bit of a personal attack but it's really not it really is just to help you improve okay so moving on from rejection let's kind of talk about the resilience side of things when your TC was obviously postponed were you kind of expecting it with COVID like obviously with lockdown one or were you know a bit more upset about it because I know that's not a rejection in itself but it's kind of you know did it feel like a setback what were your you know thoughts on that? So I think part of me with COVID and lockdown one did expect it but it was definitely still really upsetting like I feel like I'm very open about this to sort of anyone who asked me that I won't lie I felt like it was a massive setback to begin with um I mean I've had my training contract since my April of the third year of university so I'm coming on having it two years now so I feel like you almost work like everything I've done to this day is working towards or what would have been September the 1st 2020 um and I think you do you just have your sights set on that don't you that you're going to do this and then you're like you're going to finish your LPC and then you're going to do that and then you're going to start your TC <laughs> like a five-year um, so plan yeah, I will definitely anyone who knows me knows that I've got like my five-year plan structured and I think that was the biggest thing for me um like facing that setback is changing my mindset so I think firstly I just was so sure 
because anyone who knows me knows that this is everything that I, I just would can't wait to become a solicitor I put so much work into doing that so I think I felt like I was really behind I felt like um what was what, am I just gonna waste a year like what am I gonna do like I had a paralegal role um, but I, I didn't really enjoy the area that I was working in I think that I was really struggling to begin with with actually how far behind I was gonna be and I think the second thing that I struggled with was having to tell everyone else so I think you must feel like this like obviously we're very lucky um with our legal instagrams and how much support we have from everyone but I was very open that I was about to be starting my TC in September I was about to move away like all these things I was sharing on my page and then suddenly I've got to tell 5,000 people that I'm not moving away and what am I going to do for the next year do you know what I mean like I think that took a while to get my head around and I didn't share it like straight away I took some time to think about it and I think that really does build your resilience having yeah. something like a setback and having sort of to completely redirect redirect your plans from what you were planning on doing you had to almost not necessarily just go through that yourself do you know what I mean like that's it's upsetting in yourself that you had to you know receive that news everything's set back but then to process it and try and then explain it as you say to so many people who are you know following your journey it's just an extra added you know pressure and a bit of a oh god how am I gonna explain this to everyone it does it look like a downfall does it look like this I think you probably got do you think you got in your head a bit about you know how people were perceiving it definitely um I think I definitely got in my head a little bit I think another thing so for example like both of us sort of like work at the pub um as like a part-time job on the side people who like anyone who doesn't do law doesn't understand what a training contract is and you must think the same like so explain like the job that you got two years ago that you're then going to be starting that you have to do for two years and then you're qualified is just a mouthful and anyone who doesn't <laughs> isn't in the immediate do you know what I mean like anyone who, no, who doesn't 100%, do law yeah I think everyone I think the first thing that people in law like have to try and explain firstly is to their parents and their family like to try and explain the process of becoming a solicitor and you know as you say training contracts but to then tell people like oh I've got it but I start it in two years like to us that's normal because we're aware of the process but like you say to explain it to people around you family friends that you know might not necessarily really understand it it's such a hard a hard thing it just makes it that much more difficult and people almost not necessarily judge but you feel that they're looking down on you like oh your job's been like cancelled they don't really you know they just don't get it I think that's the more difficult thing about it and I definitely felt judged but no one did anything do you know what I mean no one was acting like they were judging me I definitely that's just what I thought um, yeah. and everyone was amazing about it like when I did a post about it and I shared sort of like what I was going to be doing instead um everyone was so so lovely about it and so many people are in the exact same position as me I'm not unique in having my training contract postponed in fact I'm still fortunate for the fact that I still have it I'm so so fortunate and I I don't disregard that at all I think just when you're in it yourself it always is harder especially when you like you want something so much and you've worked so hard towards something like if you think about it this was four years of hard work to get that TC 100%, so I think yeah. that just took a while to process okay so obviously there's so many as you're saying like different positives that you then started to look at with it being postponed so 
just so other people can you know relate to this and decide what they could do if they're in a similar situation of you know rejection setbacks what did you do to you know overcome that you've been given this whole extra year as you say you had your paralegal role but you weren't really enjoying it so what did you do to cope and make use of the time that you now had so I think I really took a step back I took a couple of weeks and I really thought about like what I wanted to achieve this year um and one of those big things was actually I wasn't in a job that I loved so what could I do about that um so I was very lucky in that I managed to get a promotion at work into a new team so um working in-house and as an assistant in-house counsel so I'm absolutely loving that job and it's so challenging and I feel like I'm learning so much stuff every single day that actually when I walk into my training contract in September 2021 the difference in me as a person in me as actually a future trainee and a future solicitor is just I can't even explain it's huge like I just know that I'm in so much of a better place now to be walking into that job and even I've got another six months like if I'm in this position now how good am I going to be or how ready am I going to be good is <laughs> it's completely the wrong word but how ready am I going to be to um step back into that role as a trainee solicitor it's like you've always been given this whole extra knowledge skill set everything and I think that's what people should really take on board when as you say, when you do have setbacks, like the time is going to happen anyway, you know, time passes by constantly. So really make the most of it. For for example, I, I feel like I can relate to you in that sense. Obviously my TC doesn't start for, you know, another year and a half. And I kind of thought the same as you, I'd felt like I'd got everything out of the job that I was in. You know, I felt like I, I got the skills and knowledge that I needed and wanted and I was ready for something new. And that's why then, you know, I moved over to the new team that I'm in now, the new office. And I think the skills I'm gaining and even just the variety of work, a whole complete different sector, as you say, it's something that when I now go into my training contract, I'm going to go in so, so much more ready than what I was, so much more aware of how things work within a firm, different areas, because both of us have now had like, you know, experience in different areas of law that aren't just that one tiny skill set that we originally had it's now you know we've broadened our knowledge we've broadened our mindset everything is now so much bigger than what we originally thought and if our TCs had started or we'd got them way back when we wouldn't be in that position you know so again this is another one of the things that I think everything happens for a reason and we should be thankful for that definitely and I think for both of us having started these legal Instagrams I know that I wouldn't if I'd started my TC in September I would not have had the time and effort to put into mentoring students starting this podcast um so I true. a couple of months ago was on a panel with the legal counsel from Netflix which is just insane to me I would never have had those opportunities or that time to put into those things yeah it's definitely about changing your mindset as you say this podcast what takes up so much of our time mentoring again that's another thing that we both love to do but it does take up a lot of time and you know we're busy like legal instagrams everything all these events like panels that we're talking on all these things i think it's quite nice actually that we're experiencing this and putting our feet in the water of that side of a legal career you know the social side the networking side all of that i think it's quite nice actually that we're doing that and getting used to it before our tcs start because 
TCs are full on. Do you know what I mean? Like they are busy. They are hectic. It's difficult to find the spare time. So it's quite nice that we're kind of getting used to balancing this side of it before we start. And hopefully, touch wood, when we actually start the TCs, we can still remain and do all these things. But yeah, I think that's just a real, real positive out of it. I would say my mindset has completely changed from those first sort of couple of months when I found out. Now I'm so, I'm so, so grateful to have this extra time. I think it's just going to make such a difference to me just in the future when I actually am a solicitor. And I think realising that in the grand scheme of your career, what is one year? I think that took me a while to get my head around that actually, one, no one cares. <laughs> I think I had Chilling. to really realise that. that literally no one cares that you're like maybe no, a year older. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone really honestly will ask you or care how old you are when you qualified when did you get your tc when did you graduate um no one's going to sit and work out like how long it actually took you because you know fun fact here and i do always like to share this fact with people because as we say more and more you're seeing people get training contracts and a lot of time it can be you know younger older whatever but the younger people are i think they stress more that they have to be obtaining this at a young age when really the average age, and this is actually from the law society, the average age to get a TC nowadays in the UK is 28. And that's, you know, them being qualified at 29, 30. So yes, some people do get it at young age, some get it at an older age, but there are benefits to both of those things. For example, mature career changes, they're going to be bringing so much life experience, different skills, everything to their TC and be completely different solicitors to those that you know get one young and that's kind of all they've ever known and neither of them are better or worse than the other they're both amazing and they're both going to grow in different ways so I think again this is just to mainly reiterate it doesn't matter whether you are you know a mature trainee solicitor or a younger trainee solicitor both are going to become amazing solicitors either way and as I say you're all on your own path your own journeys there's no right or wrong and there's no certain age you should be doing this when the time is right it will happen and I just think again you've got to trust the process accept that this is you know this is your life and this is how it's meant to unfold and also a training contract and qualifying isn't where it ends like I think a lot of people do think you get the TC and then you know that's it it's done oh my god amazing and yes it is incredible it's one of the most amazing achievements in life like I think it's probably one of the best days of my life, to be honest. But you've also got to I would agree. Literally, it's just, you can't describe it. And I feel like we could probably go into depth about that another time. But I, I feel like the day that you qualify, it's almost as if that is the start. Like that's the start of your career because then you've got, you know, all your years post-qualifying, you've got promotions, you know, you want to, then you're looking at reaching partner. It's it, all these things, you know, there's always something more to reach for. Definitely. I can't agree with that more. And I think anyone who does a law degree or does a degree than the GDL and does the LPC or whatever route they do all the way to qualification, anyone who has stuck that out for that length of time is so worthy and is going to be an amazing solicitor and will have built so much resilience. Like it's not easy at all. It's one of the hardest things I think to do. Like there's so many challenges along the way that actually whenever you get there along with all the other life experience you gain along the way is going to be incredible and I think it's so exciting it's just such an exciting journey once you do qualify like the world's your oyster isn't it my um, my line manager always says um like the sky's the limit and that's one of my favorite 
quotes ever because it, it really is like <laughs> we love a quote don't we <laughs> <laughs> definitely we do no but I completely agree and I think as well it's not about we need to not be so set on the goal all the time Do you, I mean as we say it's a long process you know you've got your degree you've got LPC you've got GDL like whichever route you go down you've got to enjoy the journey like enjoy the whole point of it because here we go another quote <laughs> like <laughs> like sometimes like you're in the part of your life that you once wished to be in and, and dreamt of so stop then wishing and dreaming for the next bit you, like sometimes you have to just stop take a second and just enjoy where you're at and just enjoy the experience you know <laughs> like it's absolutely it's not necessarily about the ending it's about the moment <laughs> I couldn't agree more I think it's a really exciting journey to be on. So let's talk about then, for example, we've talked about all our, you know, rejections, resilience, everything within the legal world. But there's a lot of people that might be in uni or, you know, thinking about applying and they've not done any applications or had rejections in the legal world yet. Do you think you can use personal experiences as resilience? Do you have any that you want to share? You know, what's what's your sort of outlook on that? Definitely. I think personal experiences are really great to share. I think if you've done something that you can show from a hobby, from have you trained and ran a marathon, half marathon? Have you done, so for example, I did a service project in Ghana when I was younger. I raised £3,000 and then went out and for three weeks and sort of like helped out in an orphanage. And I I built so many skills from that, from the sort of like raising the money, from actually going away from home for that length of time, all the sort of resilience you build when you're out there. It's a completely different world. And I think experiences like that are amazing to, actually bring to the table and talk about and just show like how you're different how you stand out in the application process like the reality is if you're going to do tcs and you're going to become a sister everyone's got good grades etc etc it's what else you can bring to the table and i think personal experiences like that are really great to include i think you've got quite a few that you that you used haven't you yeah so i feel like as well just adding on with that i think they show your personality and as you say everyone's got the grades everyone's been to uni you know these are all tick boxes that essentially you have to have to apply for these tcs and these roles but really i think what recruiters look for and what makes you stand out is your personality so if you can put personal experiences across for example your scenario that you just said for me that triggers so many questions and interest you know to ask about and that is what an interviewer wants they want to be able to you know hear something and ask more about it find out about you so personal experiences are definitely worth it and as you say I had one that I spoke about quite a lot in numerous interviews because it was something I was proud of and it probably built my resilience the most out of anything I've ever done sorry for anyone you know that does follow me on Instagram because I talk about this way too much but um when (laughs) I cycled from you know London to Paris I did that a few years ago but I do talk about a lot because the resilience was just something that I probably didn't have to that extent before it was so difficult I think I cried on the first day everyone was so much more experienced than I was. It was like, it was tough. It was so difficult. I was not a cyclist at all. And I literally wanted to give up within, I don't know, the first couple of hours. And instead I stuck to it. I did not get off that bike. Like I didn't walk any of it. I didn't push the bike. I did the whole thing beginning to end. And I've never been so proud of myself for doing that. And the resilience and the mental sort of capacity that it 
it taught me how strong I am to keep going and do something even if you know you're not winning at something or you're not the best you just have to keep going and eventually you will succeed at it and again like like with yours I think interviewers are then just interested in that and with it being for charity as well that's obviously a huge bonus you're raising money and it's you know you're helping other people so not only does it help them but it also you know it gives you some skills that will help you later on in life so yeah it's kind of a win-win really to have personal experiences and discuss them so I feel like these are quite extreme examples of building resilience and we're aware that these can take up quite a lot of time and money and physical effort that not everyone is able to do and we wanted to share some day-to-day or more normal scenarios that you may be able to relate to to show where you've built resilience Gabrielle do you have any examples Yeah, definitely. I actually feel like there are so many that are much more relatable in day to day. So if you've had a retail job, for example, or, you know, you've been a waitress or you've worked in a pub, I think anything where there's customer service involved is a huge example of building resilience because as we all know, you can get really horrible customers that are nasty, that make the job that much more difficult. But because it's customer service, you have to stay smiley and you're going to deal with it. Those are such a good example of building resilience because you have to almost put up with it and deal with it. But I think as well, things like hobbies or sports, anything you've done growing up, for example, I used to dance in a team. So whether that's helping others pick up choreography and learn it, or whether that's trying to perfect it yourself those things they take time and I remember I used to get so annoyed if I couldn't pick something up or if it was really difficult but instead of giving up I kept going it built my resilience and eventually I stuck at it so much that I perfected it and you know ready for the show it can just be things that you've done growing up anything really hobbies sports clubs part-time jobs all these different things and I think it's also good to point out that it doesn't have to be something that you still do so it can be a hobby or a club that you did growing up that taught you the resilience that you now carry with you as an adult but you don't necessarily still do anymore for anyone that hasn't had legal rejections yet I'm going to say yet because it's kind of inevitable that everyone will have one at least in their life then yeah definitely bring in personal experiences I think I think it's a really interesting way of discussing that with your interviewer definitely I think it just helps you stand out from the crowd if you can actually look at something you've done in your life and actually reflect on it and see what you've learned from it I think that's a really important skill to have and see what transferable skills you've gained from those experiences that you can actually take in to a career in law and into your an entry-level role or a training contract yeah 100% because at the end of the day with law especially you're going to have deals or cases obviously depending on what area of law you go into but you're going to have so many scenarios where you're not winning and the other side they might have you into a corner and you might really be losing and you can't give up like that's that's not what you do you have to keep pushing work have that resilience like that's what when interviewers ask you about resilience this is why because within the the job role itself there are times that you're going to want to give up you're going to think oh god what's the point we're not going to succeed in this you know you're going to have all these doubts and they need to check that you have got you know that thick skin and that mindset to not give up and to keep going so yeah I guess that's just for a bit more context really of why we kind of push and go on about having this resilience because interviewers yeah they will ask you about it and it is actually a huge thing that they want from a candidate so to be honest the more rejections you have the better because you can really then prove your point in that interview one final point I just wanted to make is I know this year is so difficult for a lot of people I mean everyone 
it's I don't think there's anyone that hasn't been affected by COVID or the pandemic in some way at all. But just think about those skills that you're gaining from this year, from so many different aspects, from your personal life to working life. I know people's uni's been disrupted. You've overcome and just built up so much resilience from this year or the past year that's just gone that you are going to walk into those applications so much stronger and in a much better position maybe a year down the line to actually be an incredible training solicitor or whatever you would you're choosing to do as cliche as it sounds but everything does happen for a reason even if it does have to be you know a pandemic (laughs) i think look at the positive side of everything keep going you know when one door closes another door opens and And it really does i i cannot stress that enough if you're having a bit of a tough time right now honestly it will all figure itself out okay so i think that's it from us um so yeah thank you so much for listening we really hope you've enjoyed the first episode we would love to hear your feedback or any suggestions for you know topics or guests that you want us to invite on so dm us on our instagrams our ads are in the description and we'll see you in next week's episode Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.